Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today is an interesting show. We have listener questions, we're talking about El Salvador, and we talk to Bozon Protocol. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, June 11, 2021. I'm going to break this up as usual, and we will do crypto prices to start it off. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yep, I'm running late again today. Bitcoin is in at $36,813, down a half a percent in 24, while Ethereum is down 4% at $2,415. Tellers in the number three spot in Binance Coins at 355 down a half a percent, and Cardano's at number five at $1.50 down 3%. Rounding off the top 10, we have Dogecoin, XRP, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Litecoin is climbing into the number 11 spot, maybe popping back into the top 10. Total market cap are down $100 billion from yesterday at $1.56 trillion, and a BTC dominance of 44.1%. In our first conversation today, I talked to Justin Bannon, the co-founder of Boson Protocol, and this is an interesting project. Pay attention. We're talking about shopping malls in the digital space so you can go pick up products in reality. Hey, Matthew. Great to be here. Actually, I just said welcome back because it's our second time recording this. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that we had technical difficulties at the first time, and we came back to re-record this. And I'm re-recording this because I want to know what Boson Protocol is. Sir, give us a summary. Sure. So um, Boson Protocol is a uh, foundational primitive of Web3 that enables commerce between a buyer and a seller uh, without the need for an intermediary. And it does this using NFTs encoded with game theory. Okay, so can we do this in a, let's say, a practical example? I want to sell something, you want to buy something. How would that work? Well, your current options would be to use, you know, either use something like an, an, an Amazon uh, that will sit in the middle, coordinate the transaction, and then use its kind of position of power to extract um, a lot of profit and also kind of really kind of control the whole market. Um, Boson Protocol is a piece of software that does a very similar job without the need for a human intermediary and without and and without extracting sort of outsized profits. It's it's basically like a an internet for commerce that just connects buyer and seller and takes care of things like if the buyer misbehaves or the seller misbehaves, it, it, it takes deposits and then kind of penalizes one of the one or the other in order to encourage, um, incentivize uh, good behavior on both sides. So is this for more of like um, businesses or shops? Like I'm, I'm a person that sells, um, I don't know, cell phone cases, and that's what I can do on, the, on it? Or is it more of like an eBay, like I have a specific item to sell or is it both? So it's a core underlying technology upon which we will be building other modules that do both of those things. So they will have marketplace modules. It will have like, you know, kind of similar to Shopify, uh, fulfillment modules, et cetera. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're actually launching into the metaverse. So we're launching, we, we, we um, just bought 
a, a large plot of land in uh, one of the blockchain virtual worlds called Decentraland. And we're building out a virtual mall where we're going to have loads of retail space um, and working with sort of fashion high street brands to give them a presence in these virtual worlds. You can buy an item. So you could maybe go and buy a pair of Nike, rare kind of Nike cyber trainers as an NFT in this world. And then you can go and redeem it in the high street or you can redeem it, you know, have it, have it shipped to you. So our initial um, go-to-market is a bridge between the metaverse and the universe, but we will then be expanding to disrupt e-commerce uh, more broadly. That, that is absolutely just insane. Mind blown. Wait one second. Let me just uh, rephrase what you just said. You're building a mall in Decentraland virtual. You're working with brands, for example, Nike or Reebok or, uh, or Prada or whatever, those kind of brands to buy things in the virtual world so you can have an yeah. NFT to go to the store to get the actual item. Yeah. That yeah. And mind, our, mind blown. Yeah. Our, our vision, and this is just the beginning, is to have uh, one of these virtual malls and have our technology integrated into every virtual world and every game. So again, you could be playing Grand Theft Auto. You could crash your car through the windows of a sneaker shop and you could go and buy a pair of th this rare pair of sneakers that you can only get if you complete this level and then you either go and collect it in store or get it shipped to you so that that's that's the beginning um, beyond that we we're then looking to unbundle all of these different components that you find within e-commerce fulfillment etc to basically create almost like what we call like tcpip for commerce mm. a set of uh, you know a set of infrastructure that means if you want to buy or sell something it's like bitcoin if i want to sell you if i want to send you bitcoin i don't need an intermediary to do it well with boson protocol if i want to send you a physical item i don't need an intermediary to do it i can send you a tokenized representation of that that gives a credible credible commitment that you are going to receive that item or get your money back that's that's pretty cool going to be in ar and vr as well as like uh, like playstation 5 stuff like that that's the aim is to be the, the, the pervasive technology that enables metaverse commerce. You, you keep saying a key word that I'm picking up on is will this will happen. What is your timeline? How far along are you? And when can I put on some VR goggles and start shopping in the mall? Uh, we're looking at a two to three month time frame for our, our first launch into, into Decentraland. And then we, we, we will be, um, we basically, we've, we've put these kind of like, if you, if you, if you go to our parcel in Decentraland, you can fi find that on our Twitter feed, for example. What we've put in initially is, is a, like a, a, a circle like Stonehenge of 12 portals. And these portals are going to then, their physical counterpart is going to appear somewhere in the world. So there might be one in some luxury designer store in Paris and you'll go and look into the portal and you'll be able to see into Decentraland and you'll look from Decentraland and be able to see in, into like this, you know, the uh, streets of Paris, et cetera. Um, so each one of these portals will have open up in a different place in the world and it will be kind of themed. So the first one we're planning about two to three months time. And then we will be, you know, one will be in a, a kind of like we're, we're doing one in like a nightclub sponsored by a luxury drinks manufacturer. Uh, and then we are doing, you know, all of these, the whole theme being digital to physical, connecting the high street to, you know, in world to in store and in store to in, in world. Last question is the there's the barrier to a lot of people is going to be the payment system. Like if is this going to be crypto centric? Because, again, 
people are going to have a little problem with, you know, crypto and understanding how to use that if you're a boomer or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but if is it going to be just uh, credit cards, Visa? Are you just going to link something to it and you'll be able to use this transaction no matter where you are? Um, so initially, it's going to be kind of using crypto. And so it'll be, you know, for crypto natives. But then part of our, our kind of be building out this sort of e-commerce stack is then to create all these bridges to fiat currency, to to uh, credit cards. Actually, one of our one of our projects is working very closely with one of the big payment networks to create a whole kind of loyalty program for their cardholders that, that that then bridges straight into 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 the the credit cards. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Creating those bridges for mass adoption is 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 is, is really important as well. Justin Ban, co-founder of Bozan Protocol. Thanks for coming on the show and tell me about this interesting, interesting idea. I'm very excited to we'll see how this works out. Thank you, Matthew. Now moving into the listener questions. This first question comes from Fee. And Fee says, I listen to your podcast daily. And you say, if you don't have your keys, you don't have your coins or you don't own your Bitcoin. So I went out and got a Ledger wallet. Before I use it, I just have a simple question. I do not own a full Bitcoin. You mentioned something about crypto dust. And that's what I have. So can I still load a fraction of my Bitcoin into my ledger and take it off when I need to? Thank you. Fee, that's a great question. And let me explain what dust is first. Dust is an amount of a cryptocurrency that is so small that it's not cost effective to even move it out. For example, if I have a, I don't know, a penny worth of a cryptocurrency, but it costs two cents to send, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to sit there. Or maybe I have a half a penny worth of something and it costs a penny to send. Dust is just the amount of cryptocurrency, the remnants of cryptocurrency that just sits in your wallets that you, you can't do anything with because the fees to send it is worth more than the crypto that you have. Or it's not worth it to process the transaction because the exchanges or the wallets or the blockchain or the miners just don't want to deal with it because it's just such a small amount. So I highly doubt you have a, just a bit of dust of your Bitcoin. I would assume you might have 0.1 Bitcoin, which 0.1 Bitcoin is $3,000 worth of Bitcoin. And if you have less than that, I mean, even at 0.05 Bitcoin or 0.01 Bitcoin, you still have $300 worth of Bitcoin. And that $300 worth of Bitcoin, if we saw with historical prices of $63,000 Bitcoin opposed to what it is today, that still would have been like maybe $300 worth of Bitcoin. And if it goes higher than that, it could be $1,000 worth of Bitcoin just for that little bit of Bitcoin you have that you hit right now. I would not call that dust. I would call that hodling Bitcoin. And yes, put it into the ledger. Right now, transaction fees, I'm, I'm not too sure what they are, but it might cost you, you know, 3 to $10 to send it into your ledger wallet. And it might cost you 3 to $10 to send it out when you want to sell it, if you do want to sell it, or spend it or do whatever. There's different ways to spend your Bitcoin quickly and cheaply, like Lightning Network and Lightning Wallets, but you did the right thing. I don't know how much Bitcoin that you have. I'm going to guess that it isn't dust, meaning the amount of Bitcoin so small that it's not even worth it to send it. And it's not even, there's no way to get it out of your wallet. I'm going to assume that you're hodling Bitcoin and you made the right call to hold your keys and get a hardware wallet to store your Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coin. And if you do have something like 0.3 Bitcoin, not a full Bitcoin, but 0.3, that's like $10,000. And if it goes back up to $60,000, that's a new car. And would you put the keys of your new car on your front porch in a bowl with a sign that says 2021 Honda Civic? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. So you made the right call. 
The next question comes from JM, and JM asks, I'm looking for a direction on crypto day trading, preferred platforms, and bot trading securely. Thank you, JM. And JM, I got to be honest with you. I don't trade. I buy and hodl. I don't know what country you're in, but there's a lot of great platforms to buy and hodl cryptocurrency. You can buy it from Kraken or Binance, Binance.us, Gemini, FTX, Coinbase, and so on and so on. And the thing is, I don't trade because I like hodling my cryptocurrency, and I don't like spending it either. And I also don't like to trade because I'm not that good at it. And so I can't really give you advice here because I always say buy and hodling. It will always be the winner. If you're in it for the long term, you're in it for the long term. Um, and the other part of your question was about crypto day trading. Uh, the reason why I don't talk about trading on the show is I think that it hypes people up too much. Also, I'd never want to get in trouble for giving people the wrong advice when it comes to trades or trading or ways of uh, trying to make money off of speculative assets or trading assets or cryptocurrency or volatility of the crypto market. It's just I don't feel good about that. There are plenty of people that are into trading and give advice about trading. It's just not me. I would hate to get an email that says, hey, you told me to use this platform to trade or you're trading this. And somebody came on and said, this is how you do trading. And I messed it up and I lost money. I never want to be in that situation. Uh, I never want to sell you to buy a cryptocurrency. I never want to tell you how to manage your funds or your resources or your finances. The only thing I want to say is I'm doing this for education purposes to get like this, I don't know, conversation around emerging technology and blockchain and different projects and just, you know, kind of field questions and be a hub of the community of people trying to come in and understand cryptocurrency and what you do with it is your business. And so I never want to get into trading. It just makes me feel too responsible if something bad happens to people's finance. And I never want that to happen. So I apologize. I won't ever talk about trading on the show and I don't trade myself. So JM, thank you for the question. Uh, I'm not too much help in this category. However, I will say if you want to follow one of the best traders in the space, Try following Crypto Neko Z on Twitter. Crypto Neko Z N E K O Z. He's a good friend. He does trading and he's very successful at it. But remember, this is not financial advice or trading advice. And you can follow him to get all of that if you so choose. And finally, today, this is a letter from somebody from El Salvador. They want to be anonymous, yet they do want to share their opinion about El Salvador. I also have an interview coming up or a statement coming up from somebody who lives in Panama about what's happening in Central America right now and basically the environment, the feeling that's in the air. The letter says, I was listening to your show today and I want to ask you about the Bitcoinization of El Salvador. I'm new to the crypto world and I'm still trying to understand it. I believe in crypto and I think that the, what the president is doing might be beneficial. I don't know if you're aware of some of his actions are read as authoritarian and public finances are very weak because he has gone into serious debt to attend the pandemic response. Members of his cabinet has been denounced for corruption over this and some other populist actions. El Salvador is currently in negotiating with the IMF to restructure its debt. By the way, we're going to talk about that a little bit in the interview. So this is where my question begins. Since he's been criticized due to his borderline authoritarian actions and corruption charges, the U.S. and other countries have been pressuring the government to stop behaving this way. There have been conversations regarding the U.S. blocking remittance or the IMF loan. So I believe that what he was doing is trying to avoid sanctions. I believe cryptocurrency legislation is necessary, but I find this bill loose. So what are your thoughts about authoritarian regimes and the use of crypto? This might not be the case here, but how about the international community sanctions human rights violations? Is crypto fueling authoritarian regimes? We look at crypto as a great innovation, but as everything humane, it can become a tool against humanity. I really want to pick your brain about this. The president is very popular here, 
but it's because he's a great marketer and knows how to use social media and traditional media. He can make a great publicity stunt and shift attention from his critics. Again, the person wants to remain anonymous because of their job, and they have a lot of experience in this part of El Salvador or this kind of sector of El Salvador. But right now, let's go into the conversation I have with my buddy Ramon, who is in Panama, and is hear his thoughts on everything. Hey, it's all good. Humidity, humidity is like 80% and uh, hot is like 30, so, but uh, the heat is okay, and uh, we, we're not having uh, rain, so we're all good. It's all good. Perfect, perfect. Now, how's it feeling in terms of Bitcoin and this whole El Salvador news? Dude, um, I love it. I actually love it uh, for Central America. Um, I am from Panama. El Salvador is kind of like a different monster. Um, but I, I actually love it. Um, it is the first time in history El Salvador has um, a precedent that is actually very progressive, right? Um, he's embracing everything. They're in a unique position where um, he is very forward looking. So he is, he's young and I think he's like under 30, uh, only on, under 40 years old. Um, and he even like before Bitcoin, like Bitcoin um, came into being, the, you know, what they, what he just did, um, he was already doing things that were forward looking. Um, is a, is a country that has nothing to lose, to be honest, right now with the dollar, the inflation. Um, and they saw an opportunity and this guy, this guy, he's, he's pushing the boundaries because he's, He's intelligent, man. He saw he has volcanoes. He's like, let's mine there. Let's make our own federal reserve. We don't care about the USD. Like, I mean, they have USD. Did you see yesterday the IMF came out and they're like, oh, we're not really sure about this that Bitcoin thing. Bitcoiners, the community came together and they're like, oh, we're going to loan you a billion dollars. So you paid them and uh, and you actually don't have to deal with them. And I felt like that mm. felt that in my heart. I was like, oh, my God, this is DeFi in action. This is progress this is a country that has a has a currency that it's not working right now i mean it's not uh it's not circulating the colon i know they have they, they mostly use the usc but they're like they're, they're like embracing change and i um i see i see that i see that that's something that um that other countries will start seeing and they start seeing like uh this unique position where central america is and they actually need to keep pushing forward they also see he also saw um, that there's recent millionaires from Bitcoin and, and crypto. And he's like, yo, you know what? We need people in here. We need to get them in here. We need to get them mining. We need everything. So it's like he, wanna tap, he wants to tap into this niche that uh, no one is, well, other countries may be looking into, but he's actually doing it. So I feel really good about it. I don't really know about all that talk about Panama being the next one, um, because one congressman talked about it. The difference is you have a president in El Salvador who is really forward-looking, but this is a president. He's not a congressman. This congressman, he said, he saw a tweet and, he, and he's like, oh, Panama should be next. But the reality is we have the canal. We're low-key controlled by the U.S. in a way that we cannot tap into, you know, we have a lot to lose if we actually go into Bitcoin with the IMF, with the IDB, uh, International Development Bank. And the, uh, the World Bank and all that, because we, Panama is so entangled in everything, being like the hub of the Americas. I really doubt uh, right now we're going to go into that. But in the future, we might see it. Uh, El Salvador is just putting the stepping stones, being the first mover advantage. And people are going to see that and going to be like, oh, damn, there is something here that we <laughs> never saw. And we're going to start seeing other countries roll out in the coming years. I don't know in the coming months. I doubt 2021 it's going to see this, but uh, I hopefully they we do. But uh, 
the reality is that um, it's probably going to be in a couple of years when we see how a Salvador does with all this crazy stuff they're doing. I mean, crazy to normal people, normal to us. We're like you and me, right? We're like, damn, Bitcoin's only El Salvador is just forward looking, man. This is insane. And with the IMF thing where the Bitcoin community came, they're like, yeah, we can loan you a billion dollars so you can actually get out of the IMF deal. Oh my God, like that actually hit me. I'm like, this is this doesn't happen anywhere. This is a once in a lifetime thing. Exciting times down there, man. Uh, Ramon, thanks for coming on and giving your point of view about what's happening in Central and South America, the Americas in general, uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, Bitcoin. And, and bro, keep coming back and telling us about your neck of the woods down there. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And DeemerForCongress.com. We take crypto for the campaign. Please go to D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. Link is in the show notes. Donate to the campaign. Happy hodling, everyone.